know, if Ben Roethlisberger is going to take this challenge of getting this team into the playoffs personally, maybe we should kind of view it the same way, right? Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates. Same place you found this show. Ben spoke yesterday before the Steelers' practice on the south side. He always does on Wednesday mornings. And he did so with the usual smile and easygoing demeanor that's now become a standard thing. It's certainly the 2021 model of Ben. And I can tell you as someone who's covered his whole career in Pittsburgh that it wasn't always this way. He wants so very much to enjoy this. He's going to find a way to smile. Not phony, not forced, but authentically. He's going to find a way to feel good about the way these final few games of his magnificent career will go. Some of that, obviously, is going to have to be focused on individual performance. It's the only part that he can control. But when you look back on Ben's career and his most passionate reactions to successes and failures and disappointments or whatever it happened to be, they were always based on the team. That part was never forced or phony. Other parts of his personality at times, eh, you know, without getting into the negative here, you could question it and you'd go, really? That's really what you think? But when you see and hear him now speaking about these final few games and about the task that's in front of this whole team of just getting into the playoffs... It, it it sounds a little bit different. Listen to a, a, uh, some of what Ben had to say yesterday. Uh, I think you just have to look at guys um, sometimes and look in their eyes and see what, what they have. And and the, the crazy thing about this game and this sport is, is you can look at guys and you can feel that guys have all the heart in the world and they have all the passion, they want it, and they're going to give you everything they have. And sometimes the other team's just better or the other team makes a play and you don't. It doesn't mean just because you're losing a football game or um, – you know, the season maybe isn't going the way that you want it to. doesn't mean guys don't have heart and don't love it and aren't passionate for it. That's, it doesn't mean that. And so uh, I just I just want to see that guys are never going to quit. You know, I, I had a talk with Naj uh, maybe halfway through the third, before we really kind of started to make our run last week, and I just told him, I know he was frustrated, as we all were, and I just told him, I said, hey, what you do the rest of this quarter and the fourth quarter will really determine kind of the person and the player that you're going to be moving forward with this city, with the fans, with this team, because you're going to be here for a long time. And are you going to, are you going to kind of, you, you probably have every right to kind of back off and not quit, but just start, you know, let send another back in or not run hard or do, you know. And I said, you know, whatever you decide is going to endear yourself to these fans. And you look at, a, I think we had a third and short, is it third or fourth and short? And, um, and, and he ended up bouncing off three guys, running back this way, running the guy over and just, 
catching a touchdown, I mean, blocking some of the things he did in that end of third and fourth quarter, I think spoke volumes of the person and the player and the heart that he has. And I think he'll always endear himself to the fans and to us as a guy that's going to never quit and never give up. That's a little extra something, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. That's that's what I'm talking about. Because he could just say, hey, I'm, I'm me. I'm generating all these fourth quarter comebacks. I lead the NFL in most fourth quarter passing statistics. Uh, I'm doing my part. Where's everybody else? Or what are we going to do about all these children that I was forced to play with? Or why didn't they spend the rest of that cap money when they asked me to take a pay cut? He could be taking any of those routes. He's not doing any of that because he understands that the final few games are about his legacy, at least to him. And again, maybe they should be to us as well. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Look, I don't want to break it to you that there's no Santa Claus but this team's not about to win the Super Bowl. You don't give up all the rushing yardage that these guys do, and you don't give up everything that this offensive line does and expect anything of worth to come out of your season. But there is a goal. And the playoffs, as I've been saying on this show for a while now, are an admirable enough goal at least in my eyes, for this particular team in this particular year where the conference across the board is just so flatlined. If you get into the playoffs, unless you're Kansas City, or I guess you could even throw Buffalo into that, where you might feel like you're backing in with four, five, six losses because more was expected from those teams, then it's, it's an achievement. It's a real thing. And in the AFC North, which remains the Steelers' most in-control route of getting into the playoffs, a division's a division, man. Winning the division is still a real thing. Whether you start out 11-0 or you end up 14-2, and as we've seen the Steelers do over the years, and clobber everybody, and embarrass the bottom two teams and just squeak past the Ravens. Or you do this, it's still the division. At the end of the year, you still get to print the We Run the North t-shirts and pass them out after the game. That's a thing. If Ben sees that as something that not makes his legacy, obviously. I mean, he could retire today and he'd still have the legacy that he could reasonably expect to have. But he has said himself he wants to go out on a good note. He wants to go out on his terms. He wants to, well, he hasn't said this, but he's shown it. He wants to be embraced and applauded one final time at Heinz Field. He wasn't going to go out 
after that playoff loss to Cleveland in front of just a couple thousand people and everything else that went into pandemic football, he wanted to do it this way. He wanted to have moments like some of those that we've seen already this year. That, that is what this season's about. That's all that's really left of this season as I see it. They're not going anywhere. But if he can have that moment, if he can carry this team, and that is what would be necessary, and he can bring along these young players, whether they're mature like Najee Harris, whether they're the opposite like Chase Claypool, and he can do so knowing that he's never going to play football with them going forward, yeah, he knows what that'd mean. He knows. And as these weeks go by, particularly if the Steelers can beat Tennessee this weekend, a lot more people are going to realize it as well. When we come back, just one question. Coleman, she asks, does Kendrick Green ever practice the shotgun snap? Yeah, Lori, it's all he practices. The Steelers do a little bit of work under center, but they're a shotgun team because they've got a shotgun quarterback. They've got a quarterback who believes he can make things happen more readily from a few feet back than he can by backpedaling and relying on footwork and so forth. Kendrick Green just happens to not be very good at it. And it's worse, actually, than the most common public perception, I think, because not all of them get mishandled or go all the way over the quarterback's head. There was one play in Minneapolis, and maybe you'll remember this as I bring it up, but Ben had to reach way up with his right arm and just got enough of it with his palm and lucky for green ben happens to be really really good at that sort of thing he pulled it in and still ended up making a play out of it but it's become so common that i don't know that it even crosses most people's minds anymore and this of course goes back to issue number one with this football team which is that they did not take seriously the creation of this offensive line. They didn't do so in terms of their acquisitions. They didn't do so in terms of their planning. They didn't even do so in terms of the coaches that were employed for this. Adrian Clem was bumped up from being an assistant coach to someone who had just been fired. Good job. Ace job. With no search. No nothing. Nationally. He was in the house. We know him. We trust him. We're the Steelers. We'll make it work. Clem's been a catastrophe. I don't know if there's another 
like lesser word for it than that. How do you judge coaches? Plain and simple. Are they making the players better? Or are the players pretty much staying the same or getting worse? Well, you tell me which it is with this group of young men. Tell me which offensive lineman, singular, has improved as the year has gone along. And you can't use Chooks. I mean, Chooks was there before. Chooks is still Chooks. He's, he's been okay. He actually grades out pretty well most weeks. But he is exactly what he's always been, so nobody's made him better. Trey Turner's 32 years old and a veteran. When he gets smoked, I have a hard time pinning that on anyone because he really should be better at this point than he is, meaning in his career. But who else? Has Dan Moore gotten better or has he gotten worse? I'd say he's gotten worse. Did Kevin Dotson meet anyone's expectations while he was healthy or did he get worse? Hmm? Hmm? How about Green? I mean, Green actually started out with some promise, and I understand that there was some perception attached to that because, oh boy, did the Steelers ever want him to be that magical Marquise Pouncey guy who just shows up and, hey, by the way, here's 53 to wear, and just play like Pounce, be like him, and everything will be cool. They all got worse. So why would it be a surprise, Lori, to you or anybody else that Green struggles with high snaps when he came out of college having played four games, one, two, three, four games at the center position? What did you think, not you, Lori, anybody, what did you think was going to happen? Who, who would have looked at a third-round center rookie fourth-round left tackle rookie, essentially a brand-new left guard because of how little Dotson had played the year before, essentially rookie, and then just said everything's going to be all right. They did this. They did this. The term I keep attaching to this is arrogance. This was their arrogance to create or to try to create, or to delude themselves into thinking they could create this offensive line in this circumstance, and oh, by the way, in this year, which everyone had to have known was going to be Ben's last. I appreciate the question, Laurie. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one tomorrow that looks ahead to this colossal game, really, against the Titans this Sunday. 